This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. I'll save you the rest. Welcome to the Pick'em Podcast. UFC 232 is this Saturday. We are pumped. Hopefully you enjoyed your Christmas or whatever you celebrate. I won't say happy holidays so you can fucking forget it. But if you had a lovely, lovely time with whatever you celebrate, or if you're celebrating today, or if you're celebrating Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, What a day yesterday, filled with family. Uh, My little two-year-old, it was her, I mean, she she had a Christmas last year, obviously. That's how time works. She had the flu. My grandparents are 90 and so they couldn't spend a ton of time with her last year because, you know, uh, you know, the flu, I mean, uh, you know, nine year old, you know, you don't want to be around a, a, a sick baby when you're nine years old. It could, it could literally kill him. And that's not a joke. So they, they stopped over for a little bit last year, but last year kind of, you know, and, and she, she wasn't really into it. She didn't really know how to open gifts this year. The little, the little bundle of joy tore into the gifts. Her mother really outdid herself. I did okay, but her mom really outdid herself, and we got her a ton of shit. And then my parents came over, and they gave her a ton of shit. And then we went to my wife's family's house, and they gave her a ton of shit. So now we just got a ton of shit in the living room, and not know what to do with it. But it was a fantastic day. Hopefully everyone enjoyed it. I know it can be stressful. Alcohol helps. I, you know, I, 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 I at this point in my life, I'm not currently drinking, so. I wasn't drinking, but I had a great time. It was it was a wonderful day. I had a day off of work today, you know, doing my thing, lounging around. Was planning on recording on Thursday because, listen, this is John Jones fight week. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. We'll get into that of what happened already. So I didn't want to record and waste my breath that the fight's not going to happen. So if you're listening to this, I'm sure you're aware. John Jones failed or... There was USADA alerted a metabolite in this thing. They called it a picogram or picogram. They described it as if you took a grain of salt and you cut it up into 50,000 pieces, that one little piece is a picogram. They found that. They said it's an old test from his last test and all this shit. Listen, I tweet this out. I think he's the biggest idiot in the world. Of course, I think he's cheating. I mean, I, 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 when there's smoke, there's fire, people, right? Um I think he I think everyone's saying the same thing and I even said it. I said there's no way this fucking guy got cheated. John Jones or there's no way this guy fucking's cheating right now, right? There's no way he'd get caught. There's no way he's dumb enough to do that. However, I'm thinking John Jones is playing the game where he's like people don't think I'm going to cheat. They he could use the offense of how dumb do you think I am? He's had that before. He's using that excuse, I guarantee it. Listen, 2017 or when he got suspended for the year he described it as a pinch in olympic size swimming pool is what they found right how is that in your system a year and a half later listen i you know it is what it is nevada would not sanction the fight they say listen can't do it california goes we will you got enrolled vada which is a voluntary drug administration or whatever um which doesn't really make it voluntary if, if they're making you do it um that takes the whole voluntary out of it However, the fight moves on. They are now switching from Vegas to L.A. on, I think, six days' notice. So the UFC and, in in, uh, you know, the white knight, Ariel Hawani, is over there. He's tweeting out, listen, this sucks for fans because there's people coming from Sweden. There's people coming from all over the world that paid for tickets 
at this event in Vegas, and now they're they're screwed out of money and flights and stuff. They have to take the flight. There could be worse places to have to spend a flight, you know, spend a weekend with that you've already paid for. I know you're going to miss out on the fight, but listen, you're flying to Las Vegas. If everything's non-refundable and you don't go, then then you're an idiot anyway. You're in Las Vegas, right? Go have a fucking good time. It sucks that the fight's not there. It's a four-hour drive from Vegas. Rent a car. Do what you got to do. Spend a little extra money. I don't know. Hopefully, I haven't seen if the UFC is going to honor the current tickets at the T-Mobile to the new one at the Forum. I know the tickets are going to go on sale this week for the forum, they said, and, and every the tickets are going to be super cheap, and they've had to rearrange everything. Erhawani's retweeting and retweeting all these fans who are affected by this, and blah, blah, blah. But what did the UFC, what did he want them to cancel it? Because if they cancel it, it's the same fucking situation. Do they want to move on to another fight um, and have these guys not fight? You know, John Jones has already been out long enough. I know he probably fucked up. Have uh, Lillard Tifi or Corey Anderson step up and fight Allison Augustuson for the interim title? How many pay-per-views does that sell? This is costing the UFC's losing money this weekend with the chartered flights, with the last minute, you know, they, they're still gonna have to pay T-Mobile. They're gonna have to, you know, rent out the forum. It's they're, they're losing money on this, guaranteed. I understand it sucks. Errol is, you know, all these fans, I feel for the fans that are doing that. It, it completely blows. But the Mr. White Knight coming on Twitter thinking like you know, like, oh, look at this guy. Look how he's affected. Look at this fighter affected. Like, Corey Anderson's wife's pregnant. Listen, bro, I'm sorry that your wife's pregnant or whatever like that. Maybe she didn't accept a fight when she's nine months pregnant. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, I mean, you probably accepted this fight eight weeks ago. You kind of knew the time. Maybe like, listen, I'm going to I'm gonna step back a little bit because my wife's pregnant. That's what I would have done. It sucks that you're going through what you're going through. It sucks that these fighters have paid for B&Bs and all that shit. But, you know... Uh, I don't think Errol Hawani, you know, showing everybody's sad story is really going to help the situation. I don't know what he wanted the UFC to do, you know, kick John Jones off the card and then bump someone else up. I mean, that's, that's not really a card. I, I don't know if I'd even watch it. And I have a fucking MMA podcast. I watch them all. So Errol Hawani, go fuck yourself. Um, as always. So let's get into the picks. This is UFC 232. I, I, I will admit, um, I'm a good, listen, I, I print this sheet off last week. And then I'm going over the numbers and everything like that today. Uh, yesterday, obviously, two, the past two days, I, I kind of put MMA out of my mind besides the John Jones thing. Um, and I need to bounce back. I went four and eight. I, I hate even saying that. I don't want to bring it up, but I went four and eight in my last picks. The unders got me, right? I got a, I got under hungry is what we call it. I, I, I was chasing these unders. I like the high, man. I'm a junk, under junkie. Looking at this car, breaking it down. I like a lot of unders. I don't know if I'm going to pick them. I'm going to kind of pick them on the fly. I know, obviously, who I'm picking in some of the bigger fights. But I really don't know about some of these mid-card unders, man. Like, because that burned me last. That last. Unders on the last card, UFC Milwaukee. Unders won. Like, Al Quinta, he wasn't even on my radar. So I'm trying to sharpen up here. I'm trying to fucking, you know, make some money this weekend after I just spent so much money on my, my, my daughter's fucking 800 gifts. Well worth it, though. I'm not complaining. All right, let's get into these picks. UFC 232 in Los Angeles, sunny Los Angeles. First fight of the night, Brian Kelleher. He is 19 and 9. He is fighting Montel Jackson or Montel. This is how we do it. Montel Jordan. Montel Jackson is 6 and 1. Excuse me. Brian Kelleher is a plus 135 underdog, and Montel Jackson is a minus 165 favorite. This fight. 
was supposed to happen, I think, two or three cards ago. Uh, Kellen Hurd dropped out the week of the fight. I think it was a bad weight cut. Could have been injury, but I'm pretty sure it was a bad weight cut. Uh, Montel has, he's 0-1 UFC, coming off the contender series, lost to Ricky Simone. Um, I hate that I'm pronouncing it Simone. That's clearly Simon. Kellen Hurd's coming off, I believe he's coming off the loss to, the knockout loss to... Lineker, right? He has a big one over Burrell a while ago, and now he's coming off the loss of Lineker. Yep. Um, it's a fight that I, I I really liked early on when they first announced it, and then I've really had to like digest it and, and figure out what I want, who I want to pick. Kellenher is a legit guy; he's very active. He doesn't really slow down that much. Lineker just pummeled the body and then took him out with a big left hook. Montel's a a big kid for this weight, good wrestler, coming out of Rufus with a good camp. Um. I liked him on the contender series. I have not seen his Ricky Simon fight. Uh, I don't know if, or excuse me, Simone. God damn you, Ricky Simone. Um, man, I tell you, this is this was going to be a lot easier than I thought, but now I think I'm in it. I think I'm in my head a little bit because of the four and eight. I think I got the four and eight yips. Um, I'm going to go with Montel. I think Montel's going to win. I think he's a better wrestler. He's bigger. He's tougher. Well, maybe not tougher, but he's bigger. He's going to come forward. He's going to mix it up a little bit. I think it's going to be a close fight. I don't I don't see a finish on either end. I don't think Kellner has the power to knock out Jackson. I don't think Jackson has the power to knock out Kellner. little fun fact, though, Montel Jackson, who fights at 135 pounds, has wears bigger gloves than Francis Ngannou. So, man, that's those are some big hands. Next up, we got Curtis Millender. He's 16-3 versus Sahar Badarazara. He was 24-6-1. Millender is a minus-155 favorite, and Badahara is a plus-125 underdog. Love this fight on paper. Curtis Millender, a guy that I was actually very familiar with outside the UFC before he came in, came in and, and, and starts Diago Alves. Looked a little pedestrian in his last fight. He won a split decision. Bada Zahara is a guy that's trained with some of the best guys in the world. He, he switched camps. A lot of people love this guy. A lot of people like training with him. Um, short, stocky, powerful guy. Pretty well-wounded. Obviously, he's a, he, he's a, I sounded like uh, uh, Elmer Fudd right there. Pretty well-wounded. Uh, he's pretty well-rounded, and he, uh, you know, he's, 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 he's a vet. He's tough. He's had over 30 fights, 31 fights total. Um, doesn't fight the most active, is a good striker, has good power, not the cleanest you've ever seen in your life, has a good chin, has got a fucking giant head on him. Um, this is tough to pick. This is really tough because I'm really high on Millinder, but I think Badazara as the under is just such good value. I have him written down as a really good value pick. It, you know, oh man, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go opposite. You know, I have a value pick written down here, but I want to play safe. Millinder, who looked a little pedestrian in his, in his, in his last UFC fight. He's a good striker. Bada Hazara is probably going to clinch a lot, but he's also going to strike as well. Unless Curtis gets hit with something crazy, like a headshot, uh, like in the clinch, you know, not putting his hands up when, when they, when they, uh, come out of the clinch. I see him just outpointing Butazahara here. I see him being quicker on the feet. Hopefully, he's got a gas tank, and hopefully, he can you know um, pick Butazahara, who's not the most nimble on his feet. But I'm gonna go Millinder. I'm gonna go Millinder. I'm not. Uh, let's just say I'm not crazy about it. If you put money on Butazahara, if you're one of those people that are flying to Vegas and, and can't watch the fights now, put some money on Butazahara. Have a good time. Who gives, who gives a fuck? Uh, next up, you got Raya Hall, who's thirteen and nine, versus Bavon Lewis, who is six and zero. Oh. Uh, Raya Hall is a minus one twenty five, and Bavon Lewis is a minus one hundred five. Basically, a pick and fight. Um, I believe Lewis was a slight underdog when this fight got announced, or maybe Hall was 
Um, very good fight on paper. Uh, Uriah Hall's coming off his Paulo Costa performance where he obviously lost, but he showed some heart. He hurt Paulo Costa. He stood in the pocket. You never know what you're going to get with Uriah Hall. He's, he's a really odd guy. He's got all the talent in the world. Striking's on point. You know, he's a big guy for the weight class. Um, you know, he's, he's easily could have went up. He's easily gone up to 205 and, and has been a good size for that weight class. Um, don't know really where he's training. I believe he's still in SoCal somewhere. Ever since the Mark Munoz camp kind of fell apart, he's kind of fell apart a little bit. I don't really know what to expect with Uriah Hall. But Von Lewis is coming off the contender series, a big knockout over Alton Cunningham. He's undefeated. Young in his career. He's 8-0, 6-0. 8-0, 6-0. 6-0. I can't read. Let me see. 6-0. Sorry. I, I should have my glasses. I'm, if my wife was in here, she'd be like, that's why you got to have glasses. Um... I like Bavon Lewis in this. I, I I I can't confidently bet on Uriah Hall. I just can't do it because he's burned me in the past. I think he's ta- really really talented. Um, but yeah, I just I think Bavon is going to clinch with him. I think it's a good matchup for both these guys. Really, I think this could be an action packed fight. I just think Uriah Hall's his inactivity is going to is going to take him away. This Bavon's a young hungry kid that's never been stopped. He's got crazy power. He's going to march forward unless Uriah, you know, lets him run into a spinning back kick or or, or something like he did Gegard Masazi. I think uh, I think Lewis is going to win this. Next up, you got Nathaniel Wood. That was my English accent. It's terrible. He is 14 and 3 against Andre Yule, who is 14 and 4. Uh, let's see. Wood is a minus 115, and Yule is a minus 115. If there's one fight, I get to pick, you know, every week I pick every fight. If I get if I got to pick one fight a year not to pick the winner of, it'd be this fight. This is to me the biggest toss-up there is. Ul coming from the CES. They almost have the same record. They're, they're both strikers. Uh, the only difference is, you know, one's American, one's English. I mean, literally, they're very, very similar. Uh, Nathaniel Wood does have a pretty good ground game. I've never really seen Andre Ull's ground game. I know some of his losses are by submission. Nathaniel Wood was getting pieced up by Johnny Arredo bad, and he took the fight to the ground. He's tough as nails. Oh, man, this is a tough fight to pick. I like Nathan Wood. I'm Nate, Nate Wood. I'm going to call him Nate, right? This is America. Let's call him Nate. I like Nate Wood. Um, I like Andre Ull, too. He was he was a little slight underdog in his, in his debut fight against Henan Burrell, former champion. I know Henan Burrell is really falling off. I mean, that guy is a fucking... Huh. I mean, he... I mean, I'm not... Okay, I'm not going to insult the guy too much. Um, man. <laughs> this is tough. This is really tough for me to pick. I, uh... I'm going to go Nate Wood. I told you I'm doing this on the fly a little bit. I, I, I've i obviously done my research. I know who these fighters are. But I usually when I come on to record a podcast, I already have who I am going to pick. I almost fucking forgot about this fight until I, just, uh, until I just read it. I'm picking Nate Wood. I think his striking is a little more cleaner. Andre uses really good footwork, and, he, and his patterns are different. He's very awkward. Punches come from different directions. He's very long as well. I think Nate's a little more cleaner everywhere. Nate gets hit a lot, though. I don't know if Andre has huge power. I know he's got a few knockouts on his record, and and he seems to have some pretty good strikes. I know he rocked Hannah Brow pretty good. Um it, I think the difference is going to be the pace and if this fight goes to the ground. Uh, I don't do not know Andre's old ground game all that well. I really don't know Nathan Woods. I know he's got a UFC submission victory via Dars over a guy who's who's a vet. So he's obviously decent on the ground. Um, yeah, so I'm going to get Nate Wood. I'm going to stick with that. Uh, you know, it's again a pick em fight. I hate picking that fight. I have no idea who's going to win. All right, boys. This is going to be this is the next fight's going to be really tough for me to talk about. I mean, th- I could talk about this fight for the next fucking four days 
You got BJ Penn, who's 16, 12, and 2, versus Ryan Hall, who's 6 and 1. BJ Penn is a plus 375 underdog. Ryan Hall is a minus 550 favorite. Let me tell you something, okay? Before I get into my rant, Ryan Hall being at a, at a minus 550 is insane, right? Ryan Hall, he's been he's a great jujitsu guy. Not the best MMA fighter in the world. Just not. He's simply not, right? He's only had like two UFC fights. He won the Ultimate Fighter by just hanging Artem's back because Artem didn't want to get submitted. And then his last fight, I think, was against Gray Maynard. He just throwing kicks out there and Gray didn't do anything, right? Him being a minus 550 is insane. That is crazy. I knew BJ was going to be the underdog because BJ has looked like complete shit in his last few fights. But Ryan Hall being that big of a favorite to me blows my fucking mind. With that being said, if you do not know, I am a huge BJ Penn fan. He's essentially the guy I fell in love with when I started watching UFC MMA, right? Long story short, I was a kid. I was obsessed with wrestling when I was about 10 or 12. I went up to Blockbuster and I would rent the old UFCs, which I did not like. I, I wasn't a fan of the Hoist Gracie, No Holds Barred. I, you know, it wasn't a sport to me. But I always kept my eye on it. You know, I always loved, you know, the physical, you know, I just loved dudes fighting, you know, and the wrestling was like the closest I got. I know it's fake as shit, but that was the closest I got. I loved boxing growing up, you know, but, you know, there wasn't, you know, like Roy Jones in the 90s I loved, but, you know, it was wrestling was on TV and boxing was always pay-per-view. Anyway, I rented, when Blockbuster went out of business or was going out of business, the one near me, I, uh, when I was 15 years old, I rented a, uh, or I bought, excuse me, a $5 VHS. Yes, I'm old, a VHS of the UFC greatest hits or UFC hits volume, whatever the fuck it was. And I showed, they showed BJ Penn knocking out Kyle Uno and he left the cage, just fucking left. See ya. Obsessed with the guy ever since then, right? They showed the Din Thomas knockout. They showed a bunch of the other stuff. Went back and, and watched all his fights that he had, even the ones outside the UFC. And I fell in love with the guy. I loved his mental. I loved how crazy he was. I loved his style. He had so much talent. He was just so fucking tough. You know, he'll fight anybody. He still is like that. He's, he's a crazy, crazy guy. And, and he's on my Mount Rushmore of MMA fighters. It's, it, you know, my Mount Rushmore is not complete right now. Right now on the Mount Rushmore, it's sitting Rich Franklin and BJ Penn. Rich, Rich Franklin, Cincinnati, born and bred. Used to teach in my high school. Was not my teacher, but taught at the high school. Seen him. Used to wear his little extra small t-shirts. Walk around the hallway. You know, looked like a fucking giant man. And, uh, and then BJ Penn. And BJ Penn will always have my heart. I love the guy. He, um... I don't want him fighting. I don't think there's anything left after the Yair Rodriguez fight. I really was enough of it. Um, and then he came back and fought Dennis Seaver at 145. And it was just like, you know, why, why are you fighting at 145, BJ? He looked terrible. This says this is at featherweight. They say this is at 145. I don't think it is. I think it is at 155. I could be wrong about that. Um, on the computer I'm seeing right here, on the computer I'm seeing I thought BJ was taking this at 155. I thought Ryan Hall was going up to 55 because Ryan Hall is more of a featherweight um, just to take the big fights because he, he makes so much money off of schools and he makes so much money off, you know, grappling tournaments and whatnot that he doesn't need to fight. He, he only takes the big fights and my internet just like stopped working. So fuck me. Um, so it says it's a featherweight. Listen, it doesn't matter if it's a featherweight, featherweight. It doesn't matter if it's heavyweight. I'm picking BJ Penn. I'll never ever pick against BJ Penn as long as I live. I think maybe I have already. I know I I know I didn't think he was gonna win against Yair. I know I didn't think he was gonna win against Frankie. But BJ Penn at a plus three seventy five 
underdog against a guy like Ryan Hall, who's not the most dangerous on the feet. If it comes to the jujitsu match, obviously I think Ryan Hall's going to be better than BJ. But if BJ doesn't let it get there and he just, he just, if he cracks Ryan Hall, I mean, he's still got power. He's still got a better overall game. I think he can win. I know I'm talking myself into it, but at plus 375, you bet your fucking ass I'm betting in the house on BJ Penn. I'm putting a lot of shekels on my guy. I, I'm not giving up on you, BJ. Hopefully he wins. This is probably the biggest underdog he's ever been. I, I, that, that might be a made up fact. I don't think he's ever been this high. Maybe against Jairo Rodriguez, he's pretty high. I take that back. But. I'm going all in, and hopefully he walks away after this, right? He gets a big win. He gets his last win in the UFC. Go in the Hall of Fame. Go run your schools. Do what you got to do. Um, but, yeah, I, that's what I hope. I, pre- I That's what I want. I want that. Next up, whew, that was that was emotional. Next up, we got, I can't pronounce this guy's first name, Petra Yan. He's 10-1. and one, Very good fighter. Against Douglas Andrade, who is 25-2. and two. Andrade is a plus 225 favorite, and Yan is a minus 205 or plus two hundred underdog is Andrade and Yan is a plus two hundred five favorite. Um, Yan's been lighting the world up. This guy is 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 the next thing he fought recently. Looked very very impressive. Andrade is is a solid dude as well. He's twenty five and two. He's got some good uh, he's got some good skills to him. Got some good talent. He doesn't have that signature win yet. He hasn't really done anything in the UFC to really make it like you know lit the world on fire. He lost to Rob Font by choke. And then, you know, he's had quite a few UFC fights. He's got two losses in the UFC. He's two losses in the, there's only two losses from the UFC. He's coming off a win over Marlon Barra by decision. I remember that fight. Um, this guy's aggressive. He comes forward. I think this is a bad matchup. I think Jan is just going to just gonna bully him and, 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 and implement his game. I think he's strong. He's a good wrestler. I think he's tough on the feet. I think he's, he, he's going to win probably by decision. I don't think you should prop bet any kind of stoppage here, but I'm going to Petra Yan. I'm going with the big favorite. I know I'm like, I'm a favorite heavy tonight. I'm sorry, guys. I, I just, I, I think I'm having a little, I'm a little gun shy. Next up, we got Megan Anderson, who's seven and three versus Kat Zagano, who's 10 and three. And uh, Zagano's a minus one sixty favorite. Megan Anderson's a plus one thirty underdog. Um, both girls, very good looking. Megan Anderson, when she posts pictures online, she looks like she's like seven foot tall. Long legs. I, I know she's a she's a taller gal. I do I do, do not know her direct. Let's look it up. Let, let me look at her direct height. This picture of her. She's looking very nice, very nice. And she is six foot. Okay, so she's very very tall for a female. So six foot at one forty five against Zagani, who's ten three. Zagani, one one of the the, the more uh, voluptuous ladies in the UFC. Very very good looking broad. Um, training at a great camp now. That camp in Colorado is really booming. She's she looked fantastic in her last performance. Megan Anderson did not look so great. Holly Holm, yeah, everyone thought that was gonna be a straight stand up fight. Megan got taken down, former Victor champion. Got taken down and didn't do anything. When Holly Holm got on top, it was it was curtains. Megan Anderson had no answer. Kat Zagano, her last fight, she was taking the she was taking the fight to the ground and was dominant on top. I think that's what's gonna happen again. I wanna pick Megan Anderson. I just think Kat Zagano is on a different level cardio-wise right now, training out of that great camp in Colorado. I think she has a more well-rounded game. Megan hopefully has worked on her takedown defense and, and is really, really pressured that because she does have good stand-up, good kicks. Zagano is really good on stand-up as well. Unless Megan catches her with a big knee or a big kick because Zagano can get a little reckless on the feet and get caught, I think she's just going to take Megan down. I think the blueprint of how to beat uh, Anderson is there by Holly Holm, and I think, uh, I think that's what's going to happen. Give uh give Kat Sagano. Next up, we got Andre Arlovski, who's 20, 27 to 17 versus Walt Harris, who's 11 and 7. Andre is a plus 135 underdog, and Walt is a minus 165 favorite. 
man, Andre Arlovsky in his last two losses has looked really good, right? He didn't get knocked out. He fought some really high-level guys. Walt Harris has never really impressed me every time he gets in there with a, with a really high-level guy. I don't know if it's a mental thing, but, you know, the guy's got some balls. He's a gamer. He took the Fabrizio Redoom fight on, like, two days' notice or some shit. Got armbarred really quick. Um, every time he gets in there with, with with a big name, though, he loses. I thought Walt was a was a Jackson guy. I can't really – I don't really know how this works anymore. I don't know if they are because I know Andre was a Jackson guy for a little bit. Andre bounces around quite a bit. He actually do, He actually might be training somewhere else now. Andre lost you, that is. Um, this is a tough fight to pick. You know, uh, there's a good value on Andre Olowski being an underdog because I think he is better than Walt Harris everywhere. I just think Andre Olowski has looked a little old in his last few fights. I think Walt has Walt Harris has looked still pretty explosive in his in his in his past couple fights. Walt has a good wrestling background. Andre, you know, used to have killer takedown offense and used to have used to be a killer off his back. Um with arm bars and everything like that. He just he seems to kind of just rest down there and I think he's like He's almost like, oh, I'm, I'm happy down here because I'm not getting knocked out. I know that's a fucked up thing to say, but that's what I feel like he is emoting when he's in there. I think he's comfortable off his back just being comfortable, you know, um, if that makes any sense. As much as I want to pick Andre Lossi since he's an underdog, I'm going to go with Walt Harris. I know I'm letting you guys down with this, you know, picking all these overs. I just, this is what I feel. I just feel like Walt's going to be too explosive in the beginning. He might catch Andre early. I don't know if Andre has the power or the quickness or the speed in his hands anymore to do anything. He's one-dimensional. He boxes and he, and he moves really well, but that's all he does. He doesn't do anything else. He doesn't throw many kicks. His submission game isn't as, as, as what it was. And I think Walt can catch him early or at least dictate the pace and, and win a decision. Next up, probably one of the more one of the fights I'm looking forward to the most is Chad Mendez, who's 18 and four, versus Alexander Volchansky, who is 18 and one. Mendez is a minus 160 favorite, and Volchansky is a plus 130 underdog. Uh, great fight on paper. Both guys, uh, Volchansky is almost like a new aged or newer version of Chad Mendez, which is crazy because Chad Mendez is like 33. I think they're probably like about the same age. Volchansky coming out of Australia. And he's a great wrestler. He is is really good grappling. Every fight I've seen him in, he's progressed better with mixing in his strikes with his grappling. The Darren Elkins fight was really impressive because Darren Elkins is tough as shit. Mendez, you know, Mendez came back really lit the, you know, had a really nice win over Miles Jury. He stopped Miles Jury, which I think is the first person to ever do that with at least a knockout. Before that, he lost two in a row. Then he got suspended for using that weird steroid cream, rubbing on his dick or whatever he's doing. I like Mendez a lot. I think Mendez is a great guy. I think he's a great champ uh, champion. He's never been champion. I think he's a great competitor. I think he's really skilled. I think this is a really close fight on paper. I think it really is. I think they both match up well. Mendez and both are they're both built the same. I think Volchansky's probably a little bigger. They both grapple really well. I think Mendez probably has the best pure wrestling, but I think MMA grappling goes over Chansky. If I'm being honest with you, striking, I think goes to Mendez because he has the more power. I don't think Mendez is wants to grapple with Volchansky at all. I think Mendez is going to come and stalk him and, and try to put him away with the hands. Volchansky obviously has to know that. I think his stand-up has gotten really good, but he can't get away from what, what's got him to the show, right? He's got to mix in his takedowns. He's got to scramble Mendez. Even if he loses a scramble, you got to mix it up because it's going to open everything else up. Chad Mendez does not have the best defense, right? He, he he blitzes and then he drops his hands. He kind of does this like weird tendency where he drops his hands, kind of reset. Um, he never puts his hands up outside of the clinch. You know, that's how Jose Al caught him with the knee. Mendez, a very, very talented guy. I like Mendez a lot, and this is a real toss-up fight, but I'm going with the under. I'm going with Volchansky. That's right. Underdog. Um, that's just that's just how I feel. I, I, I feel like... Uh, 
yeah, I feel like it, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be so close, and it's gonna be a real toss up. I don't see anybody getting finished. If anybody's getting finished, it's gonna be um, Mendez knocking out Volchanski. I don't think that's gonna happen. I think Volchanski is really tough. I think he's a really bad matchup for Mendez. I think Mendez is a bad matchup for him. Really, really exciting fight. This could be a high level, high level fight, and I'm really pumped for it. Next up, you got Lilia Latifi, who was 14 and five versus Corey Anderson, who's 11 and four. Latifi is a minus 155 favorite. Corey Anderson is a plus 125 underdog. Um, I'm glad Corey Anderson changed his name because, you know, whatever it was, I, I'm, I'm just glad it's not that anymore. He had like a fucking 10-word uh, nickname, fighter nickname. Uh, Corey Anderson, a guy I've never been blown away with, but he's on a really nice win streak right here. Lily Tifi, the same way. I've never been blown away with the guy. The minute I think this guy's going to be a, a force at one uh, at 205, excuse me, um, big, you know, he's fuck, he's built like a fucking fire hydrant. He's just giant head and big shoulders and a good grappler. And then he gets knocked out by Ovin St. Prue or no, he knocked out even so pretty, but it, you know what it means. And you know what I'm trying to say? Corey Anderson, a guy, again, I don't think is, is this, this world beater of a guy, but you know, he's really put it together. He's got good wrestling. He's got good length. He's, uh, he, his cardio's getting better. His hands are getting better. Um, his chin's always in question. He, he can get caught. Um, that scares me in the Latifi fight because Latifi's going to slow down a little bit, but he's got fucking sledgehammers. He's got bricks attached to his wrist. Uh, Corey Anderson obviously is on a roll right now. He's the slight under, I believe. I'm going to go with Corey Anderson. As the slight under, even though I'm really nervous about it because, like I said, Latifi in that first round, he's got fucking bricks, dude. He's got bricks, and if if if... <laughs> If you get caught with those bricks, you're you're in you're in trouble because Granson does not have a chin. He's you know he's not he's not fucking you know Chris Lieben out there. Oh god, that's an old reference. All right, next up we got three fights left. I'm gonna try to. I'm, I'm talking a lot here. I'm excited to talk to you guys. It's Christmas. Come on. Next up you got uh, Carlos Conda, who's thirty and twelve versus Mike. Chiesa, who's 13 and 4. Carlos Khan is a plus 145 underdog. Chiesa is a minus 175 favorite. Chiesa moving up from 155 to 170. Good grappler. Um, I don't like him. I'm going to go ahead and say that right now. I like Carlos Connor. I don't like Michael Chiesa. The guy seems to, every loss he's ever had, he's complained about, oh, I've never lost, or I've done this, I've done that. He's quit on the weight cut. I just, I don't think him and I would get along, right? I just don't think we would. Um, I don't know if it's something about that area, Seattle, where, you know, because Demetrius Johnson's kind of got a weird personality too. This dude's got a weird personality. Sam Cecilia, they're all come, Misha Tate. They're all from Seattle. Is it, are they breeding weirdos up there? I mean, I don't know. I think Seattle's a lovely city. I would love to go. But it just seems like all the fighters from that area are just guys that I, I've watched interviews. And it's just cringy. Like, I see Michael Kies on on, on uh, social media. I'm like, this guy's just complaining about something. You know, he, he's suing Conor McGregor, which, okay, fine. You lost on a fight. You got cut. Um, then, you know, then he's posting that it was a big publicity stunt. It was all fake. And then it's like, I'm never fighting at 55 again. Then he loses. And he's like, it's the weight cut. And then it's like, I'm too small for 170. Make 165. It's just, this guy's always got something to say. Um, I think they put him on TV before. I think he did the Fox Dex and I don't think he was all that great. Uh, with that being said, Carlos Condit, I, I don't, again, I don't know what's going on with this guy. His one Achilles heel is he has a hard time with grapplers. He does. He, he, he gets taken down quite regularly and and he's and he's okay off his back but when these wrestlers get a hold of him they take him down then and then he 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 loses the fight his striking is really plodding and it, as as good as it may be 
it hasn't really involved. I think he's still with Six Gun Gibson, which I think he needs to maybe drop a little bit. I think that's what Cerrone did. Six Gun, it, it works for some kind of body types. It doesn't work for others. I think Brandon Gibson's a great coach. I think uh, I think uh, Carlos Condon might need to get a new look here. With that being said, I'm can't I can't pick Michael Chiesa. I just can't do it. Carlos Condon's an underdog. I hope Carlos Condon wins. I want to see what Michael Chiesa's excuse here. Sorry for calling out Michael Chiesa. I know it's not cool for you know journalists or people who aren't fighters calling out fighters or whatever. I just you know the guy's personality it, it doesn't really mess with mine. I don't know if he wants to change my mind. He's more than welcome to come on come on a podcast and call me an idiot and tell me I'm wrong. But I doubt he'll do that. All right, so next up, two title fights. We got two of them, both really excited for. We got Cyborg Christine Justo versus 20 and 1 versus Amanda Nunez. Cyborg is a minus 260 favorite. Nunez is a plus 250 underdog. My good friend who um, listens to the podcast every week religiously, he's probably my number one fan, right? He's knocking on my door. Hey, when's the podcast coming out, man? When, 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 can I get a t shirt for free, man? Can you be on my podcast? Or can, you come, can I come on the podcast? Uh, no, I've actually invited him on the podcast. He's he's chicken now because he's a little chicken shit. Um, he texts me right before I'm about to record saying, I have Nunez beating Cyborg. Change my mind. Hashtag change my mind. Well, um, I listen, I think Cyborg's the best female fighter of all time. I think that I'm not making a hot take, and that's not a leap, me saying that. It's it's fact. She's the best female fighter of all time. She is better than Ronda Rousey. I know Ronda Rousey was a trendsetter and a trailblazer for what she did. No one can take that away. But Cyborg is the best fighter uh, in, in female history ever, right? If that made any sense. Did that sentence make sense? I don't think so. But Cyborg is in, insane, right? She's so tough. She's so skilled. She's so talented. Manny Nunes is all those things as well. But I think Manny Nunez, I've seen Manny Nunez, if it's not going her way, if she if she's if she's the nail, she doesn't like it. In the Shevchenko fight, she had that first round, and then Shevchenko took over. When she lost to Kat Sagano early in her UFC career, it was the same way. When Sagano took over, there was a little bit of a mental thing there. You're gonna be the nail to cyborg. Can Amanda Nunez counter? Can she move? Amanda Nunez should be quicker. She should, she should have better head movement. Cyborg does pull her head back a little bit for me when she's in those exchanges. She's usually not used to having a girl hit her that's going to hurt her. If you look at her her one Muay Thai fight, which I, I forget the girl she fought. There's a Muay Thai fight out there where Cyborg was getting dropped every which way and kept getting up and kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. Cyborg does that a little bit. She holds her chin and had a little too high in exchanges. She gets away with it because she's bigger and powerful than, than most of the girls she's fighting. This is Cyborg's toughest challenge. Um, but I just think she's way better than Amanda Nunes everywhere. I think Amanda Nunes probably wants to get this to the ground. If I, if you know, I don't know how easy that's going to be. Cyborg is, is tough to take down and pretty good on the ground. I don't see Cyborg going, getting tired at all. She's been a tough five rounds with Holly Holm. I think Cyborg has more heart. I think she has more power. I think she has more skill. Uh, Amanda Nunez is very, very tough, very, very talented fighter herself. I doubt Amanda Nunez the whole way. I picked Misha Tate to beat Nunez at, at UFC 200. So, um, I've, I like I said, I've doubted Nunez this whole time. I'm just all in on Cyborg. I mean, she's one. Of, she's on my top five pound for pound fighters currently right now. You know, that's just of anybody. I think she's that good. I think she had a good training camp. My boy Don Madge. Former uh, recurring guest of the podcast, Don Madge, trained with her, came up from South Africa, put in some work with her. He did that against the in the Holly Holm fight as well. So um, she's getting great training. She's with that good camp with Perillo. Perillo said she's knocking out dudes in training camp. I mean, I mean, 
I wouldn't put it past him, but of course he's going to say that. Nunez is is very talented. I just think she's going to be a little outmatched here. I think she's going to be the nail in this. I think uh, I, I don't think she's going to have enough skill to to overdo uh, Cyborg. So I'm going with Cyborg. Next up, main event time here. John Jones, 22-1 versus Alexander Gustafson, who's 18-4. John Jones, a minus 295 favorite. Gustafson is a plus 260 underdog. Um, love the first fight. One of my favorite fights of all time. My number one t- uh, number one light heavyweight fight of all time. Um, I really like this fight. Again, I think this makes perfect sense of what when it's happening, where it's happening. Uh, I'm looking at the thing right now. It says Team Mobile Arena. Nope, they're going to move to the form. I've, I've already covered that. Listen, I like John Jones a lot. I think he's one of the greatest of all time. I, I sent some tweets out this week where I was very upset with how he handled himself. And... Um, and uh, and obviously, I think he he might be cheating. Obviously, I think I think it's a foregone conclusion. But if the commissions are going to sanction him, he's going to win, or he's going to fight. Then I think he's going to win. I, I you know Gustafson's been really inactive. I think uh, you know I don't know what it is. I, just, I know he gets hurt a lot, and there's these weird things that pop up with him almost every fight week. But he looked really good in the Glover fight when they fought. He knocked Glover out, and, he, and he's looking in, in the Jimmy Manowall fight and stuff like that. But you know, uh, I I think John Jones is probably a little bit of a different a fighter. More different than Gustafson is. Gustafson's probably added a little more cardio. He, he, he looks a little, he looks a little bigger this week. You know, he looks a little thicker. I don't, I haven't seen him with a shirt off, um, but he looks um, from the embeddeds and I've seen. He looks like he's putting on a little more muscle because obviously John Jones. Every time anybody fights John Jones, they talk about how strong he is and and and, and wow, I can't believe that how strong that guy is and the leverage and and if, if I, I mean John Jones might be on steroids, that's probably why he's so goddamn strong. Um, but John Jones hasn't fought. They've both been inactive, but I, I, I think John Jones has learned more from the first fight than Gustafson is. I think Gustafson's coming in here thinking he's going to be able to take John Jones down again. He won't be. I think Gustafson thinks that John Jones is going to stand with him. I think Jones will. I think Jones is going to really keep him on edge. I think he's going to do some spinning stuff. I think he's going to get a little wild, get a little creative, and I think he's going to take him down. I think it's going to be a long night for Gustafson when they, when they get taken down. I know Gustafson... Pretty good takedown offense. He's even better getting up off the mat when he's down there. Um, DC took him down pretty regularly, but he did hurt DC in that fight. Really good fight with DC. Um, he's tough as nails. This is this is gonna go a while. I think Jones. You know, I think Jones is gonna win. Jones is my pick. I'm not gonna pick against possibly the goat, but I think it's gonna be close. I think it's you know. I think I don't think Jones is going to run away with it. I think it's going to be a close fight, but I do think Jones is going to get a finish. I think it's going to come with some kind of ground and pound, maybe a cut, maybe maybe even a submission. I think he's. I think when he gets on top of Alexander this time, I think it's going to be a different story. I think uh, I don't think Jones is going to mess around and stand up with him all that much. Um, I think he's you know as as arrogant and as as you know I don't give a fuck about anything John Jones is. I do think he, I do think he's a really smart fighter. I think he fights really intelligent. He had to come back in that first fight um, and, and fight pretty smart. He won the last three rounds, in my opinion. I think, uh, yeah, this is an exciting fight. There's n- not many light heavyweight fights outside of DC anymore that people want to see. This is definitely what I want to see. They're going to end the year right. This is the top two title fights I really wanted to see next to Max and uh, next to Holloway and Ortega, which we just we just got last month. Um, so I'm really excited. This is a good way to end the year. So that's it. That's the Pick'em Podcast. Listen, um, as always, follow me on Twitter, MMA Takes. Follow me on Instagram, MMAtakes.com. Type it in, you'll see me. I ran a poll Monday because um, we're doing the MMA Takes Awards. Um, I'm going to put up another poll after I record this so tonight. So vote on it. 
follow me vote on it let me know who you think the fighter of the year is and, and the guest of the year and all that stuff i've had two guests it's a tight it's a tight race but i've had two guests um so yeah let's uh let's get that going you know i i, I got i think i got a, a couple good votes on instagram so if you like me on instagram go there if not follow me on twitter got a couple new followers you know I, I, and uh that's good a lot of the social media people who follow you follow for a follow and they drop you and and you know they block their account or whatever the fuck they're assholes you know so fuck them follow me on all social media i will be recording the mma takes awards probably new year's eve everybody yeah that's how wild i am i'm a crazy guy i might call austin who is a single man who's probably gonna be oh he's gonna be he's gonna be out of town i still might call him and bother him i don't give a fuck all right so that is the show i will list i will talk to you guys should I be an asshole and be like, I'll see you next year? Should I be that asshole and say, I'll see you next year? <laughs>